0: This is in the bible.com
1: That's in the Bible episode 110. Seven prayers you should pray.
0: Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear. Now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God. Say from the chastening rod, seek the way pill. Christians away.
1: Jesus is Hello, welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name is Eric. Glad you could join us for another episode of That's in the Bible. This podcast is dedicated to really looking at what the Bible has to say on a variety of different issues. We're really not looking at people's opinions or church dogma. We want to know what the Bible actually says. And to help that happen, We've got uh, three other pastors here joining me today. We're going to start with uh, Pastor Stephen Bear. Stephen Bear, how are you, sir?
2: I'm doing well. Eric, thank you very much for letting me come on and be part of this.
1: I'm glad you could be part of it. And you're located in the uh, Buffalo area, West Seneca. How are things there? Yep.
2: We're doing fine. Uh, just uh, things have been going great. We've. Uh, had a good service on Sunday for Resurrection Sunday, and and had a good number of people there, more than we've had in a long, long time. Had some lost people there. Got a chance to preach the gospel, and uh, just uh, really enjoyed uh, the fellowship with the believers, and uh, just enjoyed the day. It was a great day.
1: Amen. Also joining us today is Pastor Scott Strobel from Lockport, New York. And Pastor Strobel, how are you, sir?
3: I'm still saved, and by the grace of God, I always will be, because I'm eternally secure as well. Amen. And eternally grateful. Amen. It's good to be saved, and it's good to have uh, a life to be able to serve the Lord even after salvation.
1: How are things in, uh, in Lockport at church?
3: Moving right along. I uh, also had some good good services on uh, Resurrection Sunday, and uh, like Brother Steve, some folks that uh, came out to, to visit. Um and just a good chance to to get out the scriptures, get out the Word of God, and exhort people uh, to you know hear the words of God and do them.
1: Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. And I'm located in Central New York State, and I woke up to snow today. <laughs> and uh, it it happens to be April nineteenth, twenty twenty two. Is uh, we're recording this. Uh, don't typically get a lot of snow in, in in April. I know it does happen from time to time, but did you guys get snow as well?
3: We, we did here. We had snow uh, last night, and actually, Resurrection Sunday morning, yes. uh, we had snow. By, by the time we got in, most of it was melting, except for uh, right on top of the mailbox as you entered into the church. That hung out there for a while, because it, it hit some shade. But uh, we've had worse snow on uh, Resurrection Sunday, so Amen. not too bad. Amen. Chilly though.
1: And speaking of snow, we also have joining <laughs> us uh, Pastor Matt Sutton from the Arctic, a missionary to the Arctic at Point Hope, Alaska. You still have snow, don't you, Matt?
4: We do, but we we don't get snowing on right now, so that's nice. It's um it's been in the twenties, even uh, hit the thirties, thirty degree mark Fahrenheit, and you know, real sunny. The snow's starting to melt. Uh, we're starting to see some of the roads now. Some of the roads are bare, but we're getting really slushy now. So, and it's you know it's you know three, four, five inches of snow that's melting and turning into the slush. So it's kind of becomes a mess. But uh, I was able to take the kids and the family and uh, all of us and our dog. We all went out and went sledding. We have a snow fence here.
1: <clears throat>
4: Before they built the snow fence here in the village, the snow would. Uh, go up to many of the roofs of the houses here. And so they built a huge snow fence um, on the north side of the village that really, you know, stops a lot of the snow. So all the snow stops there at the fence and it's just a huge mound all the way down the village. And so we're able to sled right down that thing. And so we had a lot of fun and, uh, you know, being able to finally get outside and not be negative 40 degrees, uh, it's nice to get the kids out there. So it's been a blessing.
1: Hey, amen. And uh, we have people joining in to our podcast from really the United States, but also all across the world. So we want to welcome everyone and thank you for joining in with us. Uh, we do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, your day to listen to That's in the Bible. Um, wow. And so today we're going to be looking at seven prayers you should pray. And, and Pastor Steve Bear is going to bring that uh, for us today. And Steve, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, well here we go. Thanks guys,
2: appreciate the opportunity here. If you have your uh, Bible if you would please turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 and while you're turning there let me uh, let me pray. Father, thank you for the time and the opportunity to do this podcast. Pray, Lord God, that uh, you'd uh, fill me with your spirit, help me to say the things that you once said. Pray for the hearts of those that may hear this podcast, that it may have uh, an impact on them, Lord, that it would do something to them. Lord God, that it would uh, rejuvenate some things that uh, maybe they've let slip over the years. So, Lord, pray that it might be prosperous and and, uh, profitable, uh, Lord, to those that hear. May Jesus Christ be glorified in all. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Uh, You may have to pardon me a little bit. I'm getting over a bit of a cold and lost my voice here uh, maybe a day or so ago, and it's coming back a little bit. So if I uh, I don't sound as strong as I normally do as far as my voice is concerned, then you'll understand why. But uh, in Luke chapter 18, let's begin in verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. There was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not uh, for a while, But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest her, by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? And I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And with that reading, there's something I want to try to draw your attention to, but I'll get there in just a moment or two. Let me, let me start by saying this. From time to time, I believe that it's good to be reminded about some of the basics of our faith. To put in remembrance, uh, the simple things that we should do as Christians from day to day, the basic parts of our faith. We will let it slip further and further back and further from our focus, uh, in, in life and what, uh, uh, we see as important and what we see not as important. We, we lose track of it. It becomes less important to us. We need to spend time with the Lord. Uh, we need to spend time with the Lord for our own well-being as a, as a Christian. Now, here in this podcast, I want to draw your attention to some prayers you should pray. Some prayers you should pray. And uh, you'll pray these prayers at one point in your life, or at least you should. First thing I want to draw to your attention is the prayer for salvation. The prayer for salvation. Uh, Further down in that chapter, in chapter uh, 18, I want you to uh, take a look down there and, and skim down through there as I give you this story. There are two men. Jesus gives a parable about two men, a Pharisee and a publican. And the first one, that Pharisee, is a self-righteous, religious guy that just thinks uh, he's full of self-righteousness. He thinks he's on top of everything, he thought he was okay in God's sight, and though he was praying to God, really he was praying to himself. Notice what it says there in verse 11, it says, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. So God sees him as praying to himself, but in his own words, he's actually trying to talk to God. He says there in that verse, he says, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Now, coming to the next person, the publican, uh, it's important to notice that this publican acknowledged that he was a sinner. Take a look there in verse 13. It says that the publican, standing afar off, and would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, Jesus made a comment of these two men in the next verse of verse 14. He says, I tell you, this man, the publican, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You realize that someone who is boasting in their self-righteousness will go down, as God says, abased. And he that humbleth himself and knows who he is and what he is, God says he will exalt him. Publican said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I want to say with regard to this prayer for salvation, there needs to be a time in your life when you face God with the reality of your sin. And, to be honest with yourself, because of that sin, where you deserve to go. To deal with the sin problem, and if you don't deal with that sin problem, the destination that you will arrive at will be hell. I, if you don't realize that you're a sinner and that you need to, to trust the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're trusting in your own goodness, then you're not following what the Word of God says. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works, that's that self-righteousness, thinking, doing religious things, doing things that you think will make God happy and see you in a favorable light. You need to pray, and 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 when you deal with your sin and realize that because of your sin you, you're going to go to hell, then you can pray this and say, God, be merciful to me, me, a sinner. I don't want to go to hell. I know that Jesus Christ died for me, and he can forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you, Lord, to save my soul. I'm trusting Jesus Christ alone for my soul's salvation. That is the humble prayer of, in essence, the publican that God said went to his house justified rather than the other. The Pharisee was counting on his own goodness, comparing himself with others. And isn't that what people do? I mean, they take a look at your, your own life and the sins of your life and you justify yourself by saying, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so and I don't do what they do. And therefore you think that you're okay because you justified yourself. You really need to realize that you don't need your own righteousness. You need the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The perfect life that Jesus Christ lived here on this earth gave him the right to make the sacrifice for you and I who could not pay for our own sins other than spending eternity in hell. It's not a matter of being born into a Christian home. It's not a matter of going to church or even reading your Bible or giving to to the United Way. Salvation is found only in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Number two. A prayer that you should pray is the prayer of daily guidance. The prayer of daily guidance in Psalm uh, chapter five. Uh, really, the the context is verses one through eight. I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, read just a portion of that so that you get what I'm trying to get across here. In Psalm chapter five and verse one, it says, "Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation." Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my king and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Now drop down to verse eight. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. There needs to be a a time, and I would suggest as David did here, or the psalmist did, here in this Psalm 5, that, that the early morning is the time when you ought to take care of business and seek God's guidance for the day. A preacher back in, in England, I believe, uh, back in the time when Baptists were not well received there because of the state church there in England, was put in jail because he refused to get a license to preach, believed that God had called him to preach, and he didn't need a license from men to do so, and because of that, they threw him in jail, and he spent a good portion of his life in jail because of that. His name was John Bunyan. He wrote uh, Pilgrim's Progress, a great Christian work, uh, uh, long-standing Christian work there, and uh, if you haven't read it, you ought to read it. But he made this statement, and I thought it was really appropriate for what we're talking about. He who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. And that is truth. That is a truism. Uh, the problem with us, especially in America, is that we hurry to start the day and we leave off the most important part of the morning uh, that's spending time with the Lord just I mean it doesn't have to be a long protracted time, but spend some time in the morning. I mean you get out of bed and the first thing you do is check your phone or if uh, you're like some people the, the they get up just in time for them to put whatever coffee in their thermos and and uh, pack their their lunch box from from uh, the things that were prepared the night before, and and get off into the car or truck and and go to work. Not really spending time, or the kids are up and they really don't have time to spend time with the Lord, or maybe the first thing you do and in, in, uh, when you get up is look for your food or look for the coffee, and and uh, you just uh, get involved, and the day starts to progress, and you haven't spent time with the Lord. We face the day when we do such things in our own strength, without the help and the guidance from the Lord. All the issues that we will face, decisions that we will have to make, we make them without the Lord, the Lord's wisdom to guide us. And we need the Lord. We need to talk to God early in the day. Uh, practice that I try to maintain, and, and I don't always succeed, but I try to maintain that. As soon as I uh, pull the covers off and put my feet on the floor, before I stand up, I try to, to talk to the Lord and say, now, Lord, uh, you know, I'm going to be starting this day, and I realize that I'm not smart enough to handle these things, and so, Lord, I'm praying that you give me wisdom, give me guidance, show me what I need to do, and help me throughout this day. Just something to spend some time and seek his guidance. Number three. Need to pray the prayer of, uh, for deliverance. Need to pray the prayer for deliverance. In uh, Matthew chapter 26, in verse 41, just the context of that, the, the disciples and Jesus Christ are in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Lord is praying that, uh, you know, this cup would pass from him and so forth. He tells his disciples to watch and pray. It says there in verse uh, 41, it says, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray that ye enter not into temptation. Uh, Another verse I think that Jesus Christ said, I believe it's in Matthew chapter 6, it says, uh, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Lead me not into temptation. Something that we uh, could be, uh, that could be prayed for in the morning as you start your day, when you put your feet on the floor, as you get out of bed, is for the Lord's, not only the Lord's guidance, but pray that ye enter not into temptation. That God would give you spiritual eyes to see the temptations for what they are and avoid them from the very beginning before it has a chance to arrest your mind and your heart. You realize that when Jesus Christ said that to them in the Garden of Gethsemane, he understood and realized that the disciples were about to face temptation and they needed to pray, but instead of praying, they fell asleep. They needed to be praying that God would help them and to strengthen them, and that they would have the strength to resist whatever temptations come their way. And they fell asleep, and they didn't pray. They fainted in the day of adversity. They fainted in the day of adversity. Remember, what Jesus Christ said here in, uh, in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, he says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. They fainted in that day. And some of them ran away, and some of them responded carnally to the temptations that would befall them, especially when we think of, of Peter in that time. Now, if you're like me, and from time to time, I'm sad to say that we give in to some of those temptations. The fourth thing that you need to pray is the prayer for forgiveness. The prayer for forgiveness. And like me, and I'm sure like you, we give in to sin on a daily basis. And we need to be restored to fellowship with the Lord. I think some, uh, a, a psalm that everyone should be well acquainted with, especially if you recognize and realize that you sin against the Lord and fellowship could be and probably is broken between you and God because of sin is Psalm 51. Psalm 51. And it begins in, in the first seven verses says this, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, And in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward part. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. If we ignore the sins that we commit on a daily basis, and we don't get things right with God, we lose our fellowship with the Lord. And there's kind of a telling verse that, uh, and there's probably several, but this is one that I came across in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13. He that covereth his sin sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. You want the blessing of God, you need to get them confessed. You need to get them taken care of. But if you don't, you're not going to prosper. And you're not going to have the blessing of God. You know, I've talked to people about, you know, this very thing. And and, uh, some of the common excuses that they give me is, I can't remember them all. Or I don't know if I've sinned today. I I suggest to them, as I am suggesting to you right now, that you ask the Lord to bring them to your remembrance. Any sins that you have committed, and then just spend some time and just be silent. Not saying anything, not doing anything, just being silent. And then as things come to your mind, take care of them. And uh, if you're honest with the Lord and, and so forth, some of those things will come up and you can deal with them and, and get the fellowship restored between you and the Lord. We have a tendency of being general, God forgive me for my sins. And in a spiritual sense, it's kind of like sweeping everything under the rug and just moving on. As much as you can, I would suggest that you be specific in the issues of, of your sins and your transgressions against the Lord. Uh, he wants to, there may be some things specific that God wants to deal with you and to get, uh, for you to take care of them. And if you're just sitting there saying, Lord, you know, I forgive me for the sins I've committed against you this day, and so forth and so on, and, and just go on, then, you know, unless you spend that time in asking the Lord, you know, if there's something specific that you want me to get taken care of, you're not going to know about that unless uh, you spend that time. And hopefully, by the grace of God, you get that fellowship restored. Number five, a prayer that that you should pray is the prayer to get God's attention. (laughs) To get God's attention. In Mark chapter 10, we read the story of a a man by the name, well, we call him Blind Bartimaeus, is who it is. And it says there, And they came to Jericho, and as they went out of Jericho, with his disciples and a great number of people, Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side, begging. And when he had heard that uh, it was Jesus of Nazareth, began to cry out, and say, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried out the more a great deal, Thou Son of David, have mercy on me. I want you to know that there are times when it seems as though you don't have the Lord's attention, you don't have the Lord's ear. It's like uh, you have a busy signal from heaven God's busy with, with other things. And you have an urgent need. And you need to get a hold of God. You need to cry out to Him. And, you know, there may be distractions, things that are try people that are trying to dissuade you from doing it, like, like what was happening here to blind Bartimaeus. And you need just to, to, to get past all of that and cry out the more. You remember the woman that we read about at the very beginning there, the one that woman the woman wanted the judge to avenge her of her adversary, and uh, she pressed the unjust judge until he was weary of her and finally listened to her case, and he he judged the, judged the thing for. Her. In other words, she didn't faint, she didn't give up. Now understand, uh, you know, I'm not saying that God, just because you're and not fainting in the day of adversity and so forth, that God is going to give you the favorable answer that you're looking for. But if you're anything like me, you just want to know. Is it yes or is it no? Or maybe you're going to say, wait, okay, that's an answer too, but at least you want to know. And that's really what we're dealing with here you know, realize, and and again, just for your information, no is just as much of an answer as yes is. But the thing is, is that we want to cry out to the Lord and find out the answer. Now, you know, we're not going to twist God's arm, but he gave that illustration for our benefit, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And he commended that woman for being persistent with that unjust judge and likening it to the the people of God calling upon him. So it's not out of bounds for us to think that if we call unto God and, and beg God and cry out to him for an answer, that we can get an answer from the Lord. Number six. Everyone should pray at some point in their life for prayer for help. Uh, we know the story of Peter. And uh, out on the sea, and Jesus comes walking on the water. And and uh, Peter cries out and says, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee. And Jesus Christ says, come. And Peter starts to walk on the water. But as you know the story, he took his eyes off of Jesus and began to sink. It says there in verse 30, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I can almost guarantee that at some point in your life, whether you're saved or whether you're lost, you cried out to God for help. Whether it was, Oh God, or God help me, God saved me. Dr. Ruckman used to say this. He says, there are no atheists in foxholes during an artillery bombardment. And I I, I believe that. (laughs) I can't imagine anything worse than, than just knowing the randomness of, of artillery coming in and you're just huddled in a foxhole hoping it doesn't hit you. And you're crying out and crying out and promising God anything and everything just to get you through it. There might be some out there that think that their battlefield conversion, God got you through a, a, a real rough spot just like this, that that for salvation. I'm, I'm here to tell you that it doesn't, unless you called out on God to save you from your sins, not from the artillery bombardment. But I want you to understand that God is able to deliver. The Lord reached out and took Peter by the hand and lifted him up. You read about another case where Daniel is, is put into the lion's den because of some wicked, jealous men that, that uh, were jealous of his position. And they got him on some technicality and put him in the lion's den. And and the, the Lord delivered Daniel from that lion's den. God is able to deliver us. He's able to take care of us. He's able to take care of us when we cry out to him for help. Sometimes that help comes in the most unexpected ways. Sometimes it's miraculous. Sometimes it's just simple stuff. The Lord is able to take whatever and deliver you from the trouble that you're in. So don't forget that. Number seven. Everyone should, if you're a Christian, should at some point in their life pray for a deep spiritual desire. For a deep spiritual desire. In Psalm 139, we read read this, in verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. There should come a time in your life when the love of Christ constrains you where you want more than just normal Christianity. The Apostle Paul came to that point, and probably a verse that most of you know, is found there in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, That I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. I'll tell you what, Paul, didn't care what the Lord gave him, what the Lord put him through, as long as he got to know him in a deep and intimate personal way. That's what he wanted. He wanted to know the Lord. He wanted to know him. Do you want to know him? David prayed something similar and, uh, <clears throat> actually, uh, I don't know that it's David, but it's found in Psalm 42. It says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When, uh, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? There ought to be a time when you want to get close to the Lord. And you know, there'll still be some things, some sins, some faults in you that are holding you back from that deeper relationship with the Lord. But at that time, if you really want to know Him, you lay yourself out, you lay yourself open to God. And as we read there in Psalm 139, search me, reveal to me. That's Not just an emotional feeling, but it's a yielding of the body and the soul and the spirit. It's a commitment to the Lord that it might be said of you, like it was said of Enoch, that he walked with God. I hope, I hope and desire, my desire for every one of you that hears this podcast that there's been a time or that you may talk or or consider A time when you open yourself up to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm yours. God, I want to know you. I want to know you better than I know you now. God, search me. Try me. Show me what it is I, I need to do to get close to you. We need to have that closeness. We need to have that relationship with him. Kind of to close this off, let me draw you back to where we were before at the very beginning. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, to not to give up, to not be discouraged. There have been things that I've been praying for for quite a while now and haven't seen the answer to it yet, but it's not dissuade me from praying about them and for them. Don't give up. Don't give up. A verse that we use, or a couple of verses that we use, and it's found in Isaiah chapter 40. Some of you know of these verses. Isaiah chapter 40, beginning in verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, The Creator of the ends of the earth fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. To them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Look, we we don't need to faint, especially in this day and age that we're living in. We're getting near the the end. (laughs) I believe we're in the last days. And we ought to pray and not to faint. One of the things that we have to fight against the demonic forces that are against us and remembering that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and so forth, our weapon is the word of God and prayer, and we ought to reassess our lives. we ought to recess, reassess some of the basics within our lives. Have we let our prayer life slip? Have we let some of the basics go and just kind of get got consumed with life and and we haven't taken earnestly? the thought that we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. I want to finish with this, and I want to give you a warning, especially those of you who are not Christians that may be listening to this podcast. Maybe you've gone all the way through and uh, this podcast. I hope you have. But let me just give you this warning. There will come a time when your prayers will not be heard. Now come a time when your prayers will not be heard. And that prayer, the prayer of the damned. In Luke chapter 16, we read about the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man had all of his uh, substance there while he lived and Lazarus was poor. The rich man went to hell and Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. And it says in Luke chapter 16, verse 24, And he, that's the rich man, cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now, first of all, he's praying to the wrong person, but even if he had prayed to God to have mercy on him, his prayer would not be heard. The time to call out to God for mercy and salvation is before you die. You need to cry out like the publican cried out and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Have you ever called out to God for mercy, to save your soul from hell? Your sins, as little as they may be to you, is the very thing that will send you to hell. You need to cry out for the mercy of God and realize that you are a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Jesus' sake. Because that's the only way that that prayer will not be heard because you won't be there in hell to pray it. You need to do this before it's eternally too late. You need to pray to God that he might save you. Guys, I want to thank you for the opportunity.
1: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Um, You know, just as the host of the podcast, but also listening to these messages and these studies, I'm convicted every time. (laughs) And uh, I can certainly say that I don't pray as often as I should. Um. But let's let's hear from the, uh, the pastors, Pastor Strobel.
3: Amen. Yes, uh, look, prayer is an extremely important part of the Christian life. Um, it is that seventh piece of the whole armor of God that's listed, yet often overlooked in Ephesians chapter 6 there. Prayer is also probably the most neglected part of the Christian life. Um, I've heard good Christians, good preachers that get a lot in, lot together and, and yet they honestly confess that they struggle with, with this prayer thing. And um, prayer for the Christian, really, it should be as natural as breathing. And I think sometimes we, we complicate it too much and a message like this helps to bring it into focus that it's 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 really just it's practical stuff i mean it's where we live we need help and and we're directed to god to to get help and he tells us to come boldly under the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace help in time of need and that's just what we ought to to do um somebody suggested that all of your failures are prayer failures maybe that's overstating it a bit but uh, but i I get the point of that (laughs) i actually preached a message on prayer last sunday night um at, uh, at church, uh, on a church pr- on a message on Nehemiah prayers, I had a good time uh, looking at uh, those and and gleaning some some great uh, truth and help. Uh, last year we had monthly men's fellowships at our church. We're doing it again this year. Uh, some of our men at church will come. Among other things, last year during our time, um, we read through the book Power Through Prayer by E.M. Bounds. Uh, I had twelve chapters, so it worked out uh, good at uh, once a month. But, uh, boy, it's, it's just loaded with, with truth. It's directed especially to people in the ministry and preachers. And, uh, really, if you're in the ministry, it's a, it's a book to read. It's easy reading and right to the point. I mean, uh, over 100 years old, but, uh, man, he could have written it uh, yesterday as far as its pertinency is concerned. Okay. And it's been a challenge to me uh, for a good part of my Christian life. <laughs> but uh, it's great for anybody that's not in the ministry as well just to exhort you. And, and the subject, I'll say this before I turn it over to uh, uh, Brother Matt, uh, but the subject is that Steve preached on, interestingly enough, uh, about 14 years ago, uh, March of 2008, I preached a two-part message at our church on prayers every Christian needs to learn to pray. Thanks. So it was, it's a similar theme. Um, not exactly the same and there was a, just a bit of overlap, but, um, it, it, I had a lot of different points and it just goes to show Steve had different points than I did just this, the vast amount of things we ought to pray about but the Bible really gives you direction about how to pray. I'm, I'm in church. I'm in, I've been for a good while now teaching through uh, Psalms. And Psalms, among other things, is God's divinely inspired prayer book. And with the prayers that are in Psalms and the prayers that are uh, elsewhere in the Bible that God records, he records them for us to learn so that we can learn how to pray. So God He teaches us and shows us how to pray uh, in the scriptures. Uh, the one point that matched uh, exactly uh, between me and Brother Steve was uh, the prayer for help. And one of the places I draw from that is from Psalm 12, and that's David. And he starts out with these two words in the psalm he says help lord <laughs> so many times i've just made that my prayer david expounded you know a little bit more but i my exposition's might have been more towards my particular circumstances but help lord is a prayer that i've i've often a prayer that i've often prayed and uh, just one other thing, uh, one of the close overlaps we had, uh, Brother Steve mentioned about the prayer for forgiveness, and similarly, I talked about the prayer for confession, and and he really elaborated to that end under the prayer about being specific when you um, ask for forgiveness. And this really comes from First John one nine, where it says, "If we confess our sins." he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness to confess your sins is to name them. It is to to speak up and say what you have done wrong. When a person is in court and they have to plead uh, guilty, if they're going to take a plea, uh, I was in court when I, when I saw this happen to uh, a guy uh, that I was, uh, I was working with and dealing with his, his two, son, two brothers, uh, their mother had written me and they were both facing a time for a, uh, you know, doing doing a crime, and both of them were guilty. But the uh, one brother had decided to plead, and uh, so the other brother could avoid uh, going to jail. So what they had to do was they had to give what they called an uh, uh, elocution, as if I can re- remember it correctly, and and they actually had to state in their own words before the judge what they had done. So it wasn't a matter of just saying, okay, I'm a, my lawyer enters a plea of, of guilty and I'll make this deal. No, he had to say in his own words what he had done. And that's confession. That is confession. And we are to do that to the Lord. <laughs> I This is the truth now. Um, I actually learned how to do this pretty well by growing up as a Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. My problem was they had me confessing it to the priest. Mm-hmm the sacrament of penance we we called confession because we had to go in there before the priest and we had to say what we did and how many times we did it and i'm going to talk about a humbling thing an embarrassing thing and we were taught before we did this to um, you know search our conscience and you know by doing that i mean i i learned to confess (laughs) now i just confess it to god Mm -hmm. And I, I don't go through the same motions, you know, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a weird way to say it anyway, right? <laughs> um, but but I, I come to God, you know, and there's, there are few things that will make sin seem more exceeding sinful than you to name what you've done in the presence of a holy God. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you want to talk about making you think twice before you do it again. Yeah, you go ahead. You committed those sins individually and specifically. You confess them individually and specifically. And that will throw a nice monkey wrench in your sin life. And that will be a good thing. Amen. Amen. Appreciate the message. It's good stuff.
1: Amen. Uh, Pastor Strobel, what was the name of the uh, book again by Ian Bounds?
3: Uh, Power Through Prayer. Okay. So. It was his first. And then, um, you know, he, he wrote several afterwards. But that's his classic. All right.
1: And Pastor
3: Matt
4: amen great study yeah in the beginning there you were talking about the fact that you know a lot of times we just need to you know go back to the basics don't let the basics you know slip from from our hearts and minds and a lot of times we do that you know a lot of times we get studying the bible and uh we learn uh you know a lot of doctrine which is really good you know and we should learn doctrine but i remember when i first got saved um my pastor there in the bronx new york Uh, Pastor Nicholas Baird, he'd always come back to this verse and it's Hebrews chapter 13, verse seven, which says, remember them, which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation, uh, Jesus, the same yesterday and today and forever. And then verse nine, it says, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines for it is good for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. And so one of the very first things I learned when I got saved and, and tried to establish my life was, and I didn't do the greatest job of it at first, uh, is the fact that, you know, we need to have our hearts established and continually be established with with the grace, with, with and not with the meats, you know, with the huge doctrines and things and getting in, so much into it that we forget about the basic things. And one of the basic things is prayer. You know, we let that slip. And it doesn't matter how much Bible you know. It doesn't matter how many doctrines you know. And, of course, we're all about doctrine. I mean, that's why we have our podcast that says that's in the Bible, because it's all about the doctrines, the teachings of God in the Bible. And uh, one of the major basic doctrines in the Bible is prayer. And we let that slip. We're in trouble. And I, I love Proverbs And in Proverbs chapter uh, uh, chapter 15, verse 8, it says, The sacrifices of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. And it just just blows my mind that we can, you know, delight God. God could be delighted and take delight in the fact of us praying to him and just spending that time with him. And that song, of course, had him Probably many of you have it in your hymn book. Take time to be holy. And it goes like this. Take time to be holy. Speak off with thy Lord. Abide in him always and feed on his word. Make friends of God's children. Help those who are weak, forgetting in nothing, his blessing to seek. And then the second line here goes like this. Take time to be holy. The world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be, thy friends and thy conduct his likeness shall see. And that's the truth. The world rushes on, but we gotta take time to be holy. And so many mm-hmm. times Christians, even you know, pastors that uh, you get so busy with the ministry and things, and a lot of times, you know, the world rushes on, you're fighting the battles for the Lord. And we just need to go back to the basics, as Pastor Steve said. We need to go back and take time to be holy and spend time with the Lord. And it's not just a blessing and an and honor to us to be able to do it and a privilege, but it delights the Lord. And it's just, again, it's just amazing that we can give God some delight by just, uh, you know, His child praying to Him. And I'll, I'll end with this. I really like this uh, illustration, this um, uh, about actually, it's a true story about Abraham Lincoln. And, you know, he, of course, had a crazy schedule. Any president has a crazy schedule that, anyways, trying to do something good for the United States of America. But um, here is Abraham Lincoln, and he was just so swamped, of course, with his schedule of, of trying to take care of the affairs of the country. Uh, but it said that an elderly woman came to him just asking if she could just have a moment of his time. And uh, some of his aides were trying to push her away. But he said, no, 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 I'll, I'll see her for a moment. So. As she entered, you know, President Lincoln's office, he rose to greet her. And of course, like he would always do, he said, you know, is there anything that I might be of service or anything I could do for you? And it said that she replied by saying this, I did not come to ask a favor. I heard that you like a certain kind of cookie. So I baked some for you and brought them to you today. And it said that President Lincoln, he had tears in his eyes when he responded by saying this, you are the very first person who has ever come into my office asking not, expecting not, but rather bringing me a gift. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, the first thing we do as Christians is we just go right to the Lord and just go right into, you know, Lord, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? And, and, and that's not bad. You know, we should ask the Lord. He wants to hear from us. Uh, you have not because he asked that Bible says, but, Uh, I think also we got to remember too that, you know, it's just a delight for the Lord if we just come right to him and just thank him, just thank him for how good he is to us, thank him for our salvation. Thank Him for His long-suffering, His mercy, His grace, Um, just uh, a holy God that we have, a gracious God that we have, and just start listing off how good He is and how thankful we are and just spend time with Him. And um, and it's a delight, not only for the Lord, but it's a delight to us. And I just believe, you know, we can't, as Pastor Steve said, we can't not, you know, we, we can't say and remind ourselves enough of the basics, especially prayer. So great study. I appreciate it.
1: Amen. Amen. Thanks, Steve, again for uh, bringing that study for us today. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I think, you know, prayer is also another opportunity for us to interact with, you know, lost folks, folks that aren't saved. Um, I I was just thinking of a uh, recent, my last dental visit, Um. And you know you don't get to talk a lot when you're at the dentist. <laughs> They'll usually ask you questions, and you know you can't you can't mm, say yeah. much. But after we, it was I was there for a, a cleaning of my teeth, and afterwards the um, not the hygienist, but the assistant to the dentist uh, started telling me about her husband and uh, how he had uh, been diagnosed with cancer, and you know, so I said, well, I'll certainly you know add them to my prayer list and um, you know it's a I think it's a touch point that we can have with lost folks that you know Mm -hmm. could eventually lead to salvation but certainly by you know showing that we care and that we we hold others you know up to the Lord for prayer as well certainly for salvation but also for other needs as well to let them know so um, again thanks Steve for for that uh, for that study And we'd like to thank everybody for joining us once again. And um, if you would like to um, suggest a topic or something for our podcast, well, take a listen to this.
0: Have a question or topic that you want covered? Email us at that'sinthebible at gmail.com or leave a phone message at 716-584-1611. God bless.
3: (laughs) <laughs> it's, hard it's hard to listen to that this. I
1: know, it makes, me, it makes me smile every time uh, I hear. it
3: does me too the simple joys, amen it is, absolutely is <laughs> Hey,
2: uh, mm. Eric, if I could add uh, one more thing uh, to ask our listeners this is just something I'm curious about maybe the others are too, but just never mention it if you could put in a comment to, to us just how you found our podcast uh, was it word of mouth or did you just happen to be You know, clicking along and happen to find us or whatever. I'd really be interested to see, you know, from our listeners how they came upon that's in the Bible and so forth. If if you could leave us a comment with that, I'd I'd really appreciate that. That'd be a blessing.
1: Amen. And uh, again, the website is thatsinthebible.com. dot com. So easy enough to find. There's all kinds of uh, spots there at the website that you can also leave comments and.
2: Make sure you get the right one.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) T-H-A-T-S-I-N-T-H-E-B-I-B-L-E. That's in the Bible.com. All right. Well, Lord willing, we'll be back again soon for episode 111. can't believe we're we're in the uh, triple digits here. All right. Anything else for the good of the cause? I'm good. All right. Well, Lord willing, we'll see you again real soon. And thanks for joining us. In the meantime, press on.
0: Christians awake. Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will surely sound. All of the dead shall rise. Share. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will many, many will meet their doom. Trumpets, will, Trumpets will surely sound. All of the dead shall rise righteously. shall rise from